Come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. And we have somebody that should be saying hello, flockers, but they're not. She's muted. Hello, flockers. <laughs> I was letting Dirty Dan speak first, so, you know, I got yelled at last time I tried to uh, steal his intro. So. Yeah, well. Uh, we are here, here to Chew Bubblegum, episode 45, our roundtable show. We have a lot of very, very special guests, uh, friends of the show on, and uh, the, uh, Justin Perkins talk, of Talk Junkie, uh, author, uh, musician, he's in the studio, the new permanent here to Chew Bubblegum studio with me, uh, everybody else, we're, uh, uh, we are talking over Zoom, and uh, Rebecca, Dirty Dan, uh, take it away with some more introductions. I'll go first. Um, so, what's up, y'all? Uh, we got the whole uh, short shit show here on the uh, on the live, watching in. They love doing this. And I have brought along with me um, Sonia, which is 2A Patriot Mama. You want to say hi real quick? 1.0 through like 90.0. Good 90. morning, 0. everybody. How are you? Good morning. Thanks, Sonia. Um, and I also have Oren, who is a wicked wolf. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday. And as Goose had mentioned, Justin talking talk, talk at junkie, but we also have our very first representative from Ingersoll Lockwood to reach out to us, the one, the only, Daryl J. Nicky himself, back on us with the round. Thanks. It's awesome to be here. Thank, Thank you, you very much. He's also CEO of Carbon Capture Shield. Don't forget that. I was getting there. I was going to let him talk. DJ Nicky the second, correct? That is correct. I'm DJ Jr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well... First, I, uh, before we get started, I want to thank everyone for uh, being here. Uh, I have looked forward to this for several, several weeks now. Um, basically, what we'll do, we're going to discuss some some topics that our listeners have emailed in, and they want our uh, opinion on these topics. And uh, typically, uh, sometimes our roundtable shows actually last uh, two episodes. So if if we go over an hour and a half, that's totally fine. We'll and if you know we'll throw the second part in next week. So uh, you all don't hold back. Uh, don't don't feel like you have to uh, hurry and explain yourself. Take your time. Um, so uh, did you guys want to say anything uh, before we get started with our first topic? I just want to say, when do I ever hold back, honestly? I mean. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll, I'll go ahead and read the first one. It's from a listener, 
Uh, Moment of Zen. Hello, Goose and Dirty Dan. Long-time listener, first time writing in. I'm really looking forward to the roundtable episode. I know this may be vague, but can you guys and your guests give your thoughts on the future? Like five to ten years max. Roswell. Well, I mean, if we have anything to say with it, then it's going to be a great awakening rather than a great reset, that's for sure. <laughs> so... Oh, you just, you just made a couple people very happy there, DJ. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, we're here to, if we're here to make a difference, then we're here to make the world that we want to see. And, you know, I, that, that's what Carbon Capture Shield is all about. And I think that's what Ingersoll Lockwood is all about. And that's what everyone who's here today is all about, you know, and that's what we're actually doing. We're not just waiting, sitting back and waiting for a savior. We're getting active and, and getting out there with our ideas and our thoughts to bring others to, yeah, to wake up. So that's what I think. So I think the next five years is going to, it's either going to be uh, the worst five years in human history or the best. Uh, there is no uh, in between at this point, I think. Do you I would definitely have to uh, agree with everything that DJ just said. Um, part of the whole reason that I jumped on and got into uh, this whole, you know, social media wave is because over the past few years, things have seemed and in and, and a lot of ways been really dark and shitty for everybody. And I think that the only way that any of us can combat a lot of the darkness and a lot of the problems in the world is to focus on ourselves and maintain our energy. And, you know, like DJ said, this is what we're all here to do. It's all about creating a network. It's all about bringing people together and giving people the tools so that we can create a better world. Um, I'm super optimistic for the future. Uh, I've never, I've never really been on the downside of worrying about what's going to happen. Uh, there were a couple times I got nervous in the past few years, but you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I really think that things are going to be a very amazing and uh, much sooner than any of us could have hoped. Well, I think you've got really two possibilities moving forward it's really good or it's really bad uh, i'm an eternal optimist i think it's really good i think if you silence out that loud minority on the far left and you silence out that loud minority on the far right and you kind of get to that center and look at where we actually are statistically we're living in the best time to ever exist on this planet uh you know I hear a lot of people in a lot of cushy situations in life talk about how bad life is and then i look at you know, just just what this country's been able to do in its short time and its short existence and the struggle it come from. Humans are survivors. Uh, <clears throat> you know, some may argue we're a virus, you know, <laughs> but we're, we're a surviving, we're a, su a survivor. And I think a lot of the advances that are being made are being made at a speed that we've never seen in the past. And I think that gives me a lot of hope that we're moving in the right direction. Sonia, what's your thoughts? Yeah, what I was going to say is what I've seen over, I mean, I've been awake for a while since 9-11, but more so the past four years, especially with child trafficking, and that's really where I push all of my effort into bringing awareness to that. But what I've seen um, is a lot more people waking up, number one, and two, a lot more people realizing they're not alone and primarily with what I spread awareness for, um, I have brought a lot of survivors together and they've become more vocal 
about their experiences and wanting to talk about it, which also helps because it's also really, really good not to just talk about what's going on, but to bring people who actually experienced it and tell their stories to make it real. So it just helps with the whole movement of that, that it brings reality to the entire situation. And, you know, one of my pages that was banned, unfortunately, I had one thread alone. I had about 400 survivors comment and telling their stories publicly on that thread. And when it was banned, I did lose a lot of them and I don't know where they are. One in particular I was trying to help that was in a situation, still have not found this girl to this day and it breaks my heart. And it still to this day bothers me. I'm like, I don't know where she is. I don't know if she's okay. But um, that's what I'm seeing. It just everybody coming together and being able to share their stories and they feel more comfortable, which brings the reality to it. Um, when we get done recording the show, Sonia, if you don't care, uh, I've got some friends that work at uh, the cookie factory with me. Send me the information on her and I'll see if I can help you find anything out on that. That's what I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find her screen name. I cannot find it. Um, I'm going to look back and see if I have a screenshot, possibly. Okay. Well, just, I've been looking and looking. Just, but I'm going to see what I can do. Just anything you have. If you have a screenshot, uh, send me the actual screenshot. And if he'll share it with me, uh, I don't have much of a life. If if they if they're out there, I can find them. I've not found anyone or any information that's not uh, not traceable yet. I can find them. And and I have some some very good high place friends in the cookie factory further north. So you can share with me also, and I'll send it them. Okay, let me pull what I can from. Um, it was about two or three accounts ago. That's how quickly I get banned. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is one of my concerns. You know, Last in order Tuesday. in order for the future to be a good future, the attack on the freedom of speech has to stop, and and it's a continual attack, and it is switched sides from a you know, I, I think flower child child flower child children of the sixties and seventies would say, you know, the Republican establishment is absolutely attacking our freedom of speech, and I think it's pretty evident now that that is switched and the money is switched sides, and now the you know the left is most definitely attacking free speech. And until both of those groups get over that, without the possibility of free speech, I do have a, a darker outlook on on the future. Uh, as far as technology goes, and I'll start with DJ and ask uh, all you guys this. In five years, what do you think would be a big technology uh, advancement that we don't have now? I believe we're going to see the quantum internet, which is transformation. Uh, uh, and yeah, what I think we're seeing is is the human species. Uh, on earth is becoming self-aware and being able to intercommunicate the way the cells in a body can communicate, where they can communicate instantaneously with anyone else on, on earth. And that's coming online and we're slowly learning how to use that. You know, you have the dregs of society, which is usually found in comments on YouTube. Um, and then you have the, the people like us who are actually using these tools to make a difference. Like you guys are talking about helping to track down people who might be uh, caught up in human trafficking. And I think that's the future. It's not so much the technology is going to change, but that's going to be seamless. What's more going to change that I hope to see, that I hope people like us are driving, is that the way we use these tools is going to be different because we're going to be using them for our own empowerment instead of empowering corporations and enriching corporations. So I think the quantum Internet is going to change everything um, at a fundamental level. And I hope that that's uh, real and not just rumor, but uh, 
yeah, time will tell. Rebecca? Um, I, I, I want to completely piggyback off of what you said, um, CJ. Like, I, I completely agree with you. And in that also, and I'm already seeing it, like, on my Telegram and within, like, our community that we have growing is not only are we, are we changing the utilization of our, our interneting, is that a word? It is now. Um, but we're also stepping way, way, way back from that corporate corporations and, you know, mass produced bullshit and all that. And we're, we're starting to, as we're advanced, this is how I look at it because there's duality and everything as we're advancing on this technological road, we're also, you know, regressing, if you will, back to small businesses back to helping each other back to that commune type style of bargain and trading and you know money doesn't really exist type of deal and really just uh building each other up and and building those those little communities which are starting to come together into a bigger one which is what this is all about that is the great awakening is raising the vibration together and helping the planet ascend justin I think you guys summed it up pretty good. I mean, it's the fact that you've got all these individuals who are from very different parts of the world and country with Mr. Nicky, you know, in a different country, come together and and it's important enough to discuss the future and it's important enough to discuss ideals that aren't the social norm. Because for the most part, you know, if we just listen to the programming, you know, to, to social media, to TV, to things of that nature... Um, we're told pretty well what we need to talk about, and it's not these things. It's not. It's not where are we going in the future? How can we help other people? How can we come together? And you know, the the comment about going back to small businesses and things like that. It seems like you know the country has grown exponentially under this large industry, and you know your profits are up for everybody across the board in that regard, but not for those small businesses and not for individual people. And to go back to something like that small business setup is really to to kind of take that power back for the people, you know, and it becomes a government that represents a people instead of a government that represents a, a large corporation. And, and I, I agree with that notion 110%. And if that ideal wouldn't work, then we wouldn't have got to the point we are right now because that's how we got started as a country and that's how we got to this point. Aaron? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. I think that um, as far as technological advancement goes, um, you know, I mean, I'm on the bandwagon that we already have a whole bunch of technology that isn't, you know, publicly accessible. Um, <clears throat> anybody who's gone down any rabbit hole has ended up on, you know, one of the Nikola Tesla um, threads. And at the end of the day, we had free electricity 110 years ago, 120 years ago. Um, I think the very near future will bring about um, some ancient technologies that have been redeveloped and just um, controlled. Uh, I think we're going to have some interesting and amazing new transportation technologies. Um, 
maglev trains, anti-gravity, you know, uh, personal vehicles. Um, I, I think we're, I think we're going to be rapidly uh, headed towards, you know, what we all used to watch on, on the Jetsons as a kid. Um, I think that the, the quantum internet that DJ mentioned is, uh, is a huge thing. Um, the idea that there's all of this science and technology that hasn't accounted for uh, the ether or what scientists today refer to as the more genetic field. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of new advancements and a lot of um, the, the internet has given us the ability to share information in a way that we never have been able to before. Um, and there's a lot of things out there, um, a lot of uh, scientific experiments, both in technology and in the human technology of the body and vibration uh, that I think are going to become commonplace very soon uh, and will allow us to, to reach that positive uh, utopia style future that we're all you know trying to push for. Very well said, and uh, I know that it's Oren. I don't know why I said Aaron prior, so I'm uh, sorry for that. No, uh, it's uh, it happened. Some of my oldest and best friends still do it. It's because your mind, when you read my name, yeah, it it, it automatically because Aaron is like the most common name with that sequence of letters that you see. So I don't take offense. Okay. Um, now, um, Rebecca had a comment, and then Sonia, I want your opinion, and then Dirty Dan, after Sonia gives us her opinion, read the, read the next question, please. Absolutely. So, oh, I just, I, I just, whenever we, we get in these groups, whenever we have these discussions, I can, I always go back to that one quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, and it's great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And that's what we're doing. We are discussing ideas. We are desperately trying to bring together as many like-minded people as possible. We are joining forces. We are discussing the future and, and everything that goes along with that. I see DJ has his hand up. <laughs> well, and, and it's amazing when we start to use the internet for that reason, you know, like I've connected with uh, villagers in Kenya who've created uh, shoes that charge your phone while you walk because he embedded piezoelectric crystals in the sole of the shoe and then put hooked it up to a USB charge port so as he walked to town he could charge his phone like the the ingenuity of the human species is unbridled and once we can communicate freely and it's not controlled by these corporations who have withheld the free energy that Orm was talking about that we've had for hundreds of years once they're no longer withholding these advances human civilization is going to take off like we can't even imagine dirty dan go ahead and to piggyback off DJ, we'll be able to follow that closely by watching the price of insulin here. Well said. Uh, Sonia? Yeah, what I want to say is, you know, we've gone come so far down the road with technology, internet and everything, and, um, you know, TVs, and, you know, they, they want everybody just zombied out in front of the TV, but, and the internet and everything... And I think what's happened over the more so over the past year is that we flipped it and now started using social media, internet for the right reasons coming together. And like you said, all over the world, um, I don't think they ever expected that and they don't know how to handle it. And that's why they're coming in so hard and heavy to censor us because they don't want us out there speaking the truth or communicating truth, you know, like put out something about, let's say, Australia. But meanwhile, there's people in Australia sending us pictures and videos all over social media saying, no, that's not true. They don't want that. They don't want the truth out there. So I think it's kind of backfired on them because of how many people have woken up and started realizing what is really going on and they're lying to us. 
And that's why they've run in the heavy dogs being paid to come after us so heavy. And, you know, I just uncovered pictures and pictures of troll bot farms. I actually was the victim of one. Uncovered who it was, who the main account was, knew they were being paid. You know, strong arming me by buying websites under my screen name and telling me if you wanted it, you know, you could buy it for me for $1,500. You could have it. You're not going to shut me up just by buying a website. I'm still here. I'll switch my name. I don't care. But um, they're, they're scared. They're scared, but we're not stopping and we're growing every day. And I'm seeing it for myself just on TikTok alone. So I'm not going anywhere. And I know everybody else that's with me is not going anywhere. Well said. Uh, Dirty Dan, do you want to go with the next email? So I've been waiting for this. I am so excited. I have all 54. As I know that you've talked about this before, but could you discuss the Beatles album from the supposedly parallel universe? I think this would make for a great roundtable discussion topic. Benjamin, I could not agree more. Any of you that are unaware of this, the Beatles have a very trippy, backward-sounding electronic bagpipe, moon-walking, Mars-jumping album that is only available on youtube from one person so far and it's called the unexplained and it's awful <laughs> yes Oren, go ahead oh, no it's not yes it is um so this is this is unfortunately my my wheelhouse um when it comes to ideas like i'm sure everybody here is familiar with the mandela effect um i'm sure everybody here has like a basic understanding of of quantum physics and, and string theory and, and parallel dimensions um the way the way that i understand it is things like that um unique albums i have i have weird little stuff like this happen in my life all the time i have stuff like like things that i know i only bought or owned one of and like i'll find a second one that looks just a little bit different um with the advent of technology and all of the multitude of ways that we're now able to communicate with each other, I think it's um, and, and combined with the with the elevation of consciousness and understanding and, and the volume of people around the world that are becoming awake. Um, I think people are starting to realize that that as as creatures, we have these we have these abilities to perceive and experience very similar and very close <clears throat> versions of our reality. Um, and I think that the I think the nature of reality is a lot more malleable and a lot more um, a lot less transfixed than than we've been conditioned to believe. Um, I've had I mean I remember when the first Mandela effect happened. I was in school learning about Nelson Mandela, um, and and when that whole thing happened when he died in 2015, it it sent a shockwave you know through huge parts of the community. And then the Berenstein Bears situation. And now we're at a place where you can sit and watch the Mandela effects that people report. And the list is like a thousand things long. Um, I think that that Beatles album is just a, is just another, it's just a larger example of, of that, that same tiny little, you know, parallel dimension transitions happening. And it, because so many more people are awake and because so many more people are not only starting to understand this type, this type of science, but also starting to believe it, that adds more conscious power to these types of events. And then something like this happens where all of a sudden there's, you know, a whole album that nobody's heard of. Um, 
it's one thing, you know, when it's when it's a little anecdotal thing that you can have in common with like, a, you know, a few or a bunch of your friends. But, you know, when it when it comes to an entire album from a world famous, um, you know, band, it, it just I think it's it's a symptom of how fast and uh, how fast people are waking up and the volume um, of people that are waking up. Um, anyone that wants to go next on this topic can can jump in and give their opinion. As the eternal skeptic, look, I am obsessed with Mandela, and it, I got excited when he said that because that's how I found this was through the Mandela effect years ago. I had to go back and get dates and stuff, but there's kind of a, a pretty good progression to how this popped up in the zeitgeist. Uh, there was a band called Clatu in the 70s, around 76. Uh, they released an album, no name, no nothing, you know, it let the music speak for itself. Some guy named Steve Smith, a pretty random name, at a uh, newspaper in Rhode Island comes up with this story and is like, this is the Beatles. The Beatles actually made this album. Well, press runs wild with it. Finally, this band comes out and says, it's not us. You know, I mean, it's us. It's not the Beatles. And uh, the Steve Smith never wrote another article. I found that really, really odd. He never came out with anything else. You know, that's in the 70s, and that's obviously not the album that got confused. But in 98, a guy named Stephen Baxter published a short story in a thing called uh, Inner Zone. And uh, the short story was about a 12th Beatles album called the uh, 12th Album. Um, it was from an alternate reality. Uh, they discover a Lost Beatles album, and it, fe- it features songs that were written as solo songs originally, but performed as the band by the band as a collective. I think it was 2009. You go to where, um, what was the guy's name? James Richard pops up and finds this supposed album from another dimension and it's put together really well and if it's not from another dimension somebody took a lot of time to really put this together like the first song is band on the run just it's got some other instrumentals and stuff put in so if he did in my conclusion would be that he'd read the short story he'd heard of this other incidents and kind of came up with this but even if it is fake he put a ton of work into it because i sat down again for the first time like probably four or five years and listen to the whole track list and they keep taking it off of youtube i had i didn't even look on youtube and it may be up there now but years ago they were pulling it down for copyright strikes you know because he there was it there's clips from existing songs it's been up for six years yeah you you can go to his you can go to his link and he's got like everything that you can't get a hold of the guy i tried to contact him i can't get up with him more than likely i'd say that name's an alias but there are still you know there's things in there that are weird like the steve smith aspect and this building up but that was something that got me real excited when i first seen it now fuck like a buzzkill and i've ruined everybody's day but <laughs> i like that's how my brain works I, I have to look <clears throat> at something from can i disprove it or can i prove it it was put together good and there was a lot of work it was put together but excellent do you think it sounds good no, it's a horrible. Okay. <laughs> but you know, then it, to to play devil's advocate, okay, these ideals came to these individuals after the band broke up. If they were in a reality where the band didn't break up, more than likely these ideals are still going to come to them. So you know, with the exception of Ringo, you know, everybody would have input on new songs. You know, any anything that was a Ringo solo project, I don't think they're going to let him do anything. But <laughs> anybody else would. So, like, it makes sense that if it is real, that would be what they would pull from. They would pull from stuff that eventually came to them in a solo f- setting. 
I, I completely agree with that. There's a there's a lot of um, a lot of experience that I've had and a lot of experience I've heard other people um, when it comes to these these realities that are very close to ours but slightly different. The idea is that you as an individual, all the other realities and all the other versions of yourself, it, your higher self, your your soul, if you will, is still in charge of those other versions of you. And therefore, the information that those other versions of you have, you have access to or you can gain access to, you know, any any various number of ways, you know, intentionally or non-intentionally. So everything you just said makes perfect sense. Well, the short story that said, you know, this is what happened, you know, maybe that is from an alternate reality describing this alternate reality where they found, like, I'm not opposed to alternate realities at all in different dimensions. Like, I, I think it's, uh, well, I mean, for the most part, we know there are other dimensions. We we know that. That's mathematically provable. And anything mathematically provable, you know, that's pretty hard to argue. So I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying that if if not true, more than likely it came from this author who wrote this and somebody got the idea or maybe it's exactly how it happened and we got both things from that alternate universe we got the story about it and then we got the actual album dj are you a beatles fan yeah i'm a, I'm a beatles fan for sure i hadn't actually heard of that that uh, um album never heard of that before so i'll have to look that up and as far as um, alternate realities and that, I definitely think it's possible. I tend to cling tenaciously to mainstream dogma, uh, for lack of a better term. But, you know, I think the Earth is, is a sphere and we're traveling through space. And uh, I believe time is linear, uh, even though I'm working with Ingersoll Lockwood, which is a company that talks about time travel and, and the looking glass and peering through time. I, I just don't know what's true and what's possible at, at this point. And so, um, yeah, I, I try to filter out my personal beliefs from the information that I'm reading. And um, someone was saying that what Justin was talking about is similar to, to CERN, you know, and CERN is what people think is the ground zero for the Mandela effect. And uh, China is building their own version of CERN that's three times larger. CERN is 27 kilometers and China's is going to be a 100 kilometer ring. Uh, for particle collision, and it's going to be far more powerful. And of course, they've got the Three Gorges Dam generating electricity to power that. So who knows? Uh, and and by the way, that was supposed to start 2020, I believe. Uh, same the same year that COVID hit, coincidentally. Um, and no, it's not. But yeah, I mean, who knows? It's definitely possible, and I've seen evidence of it in, in my own life as well. You know, and just strange things happening in ways that that you can't explain and why not, you know, I mean, why not cling to the, the positive aspects of things? Because if we do create our own reality, then thinking positive and believing in these things is going to make them more likely to uh, enter our reality. And, and that's where I get back to, I guess, empirical science, reading books like uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He was a concentration camp survivor who uh, was also a psychologist. And he went on to teach about how he saw he could tell who would survive in the concentration camps by the way they acted because the people who had a positive outlook and realized that uh, no one can steal their joy, those are the ones that survived. Whereas the ones who were bitter and angry, they would bring their own destruction, you know, sooner. So I, I believe that we create our own reality. So, so we, we recognize these things and let's project positivity into the future uh, because I think the collective consciousness of, of a million or a billion human minds can 
overpower anything that CERN or anything that's technological can do because we are of the earth. You know, we're, we're sort of, our bodies are of the earth and our, our minds and spirits are of God, if you want to speak in those terms. And so that's got to be more powerful than anything artificial that we can make. That's, that's my belief there. Uh, Sonia? You're not a Beatles I, fan? No, no. I'm saying, everybody has said what I would have said. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Let's see. Um, we will let you go first uh, after Dirty Dan reads this next uh, topic <laughs> from uh, one of our favorite listeners. Yes, my intimate listener, Dixon09. Dirty Dan, my man. And Goose, who's on the loose. May I suggest Ronald Reagan and his obsession with UFOs. There are so many things to say and go over in regards to this suggestion. Roswell, my friends. And again, and real Sonya. quick, before before Sonya goes, I just emailed all of us the link to the video for the Lost Album so it can eternally burn into your brains. You're welcome. Okay. Now, this is a rabbit hole that I have not gone down. Okay. I pick, I pick and choose my rabbit holes. The alien, <laughs> the alien stuff is new to me. My husband is very all up on this. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, do I believe there's life out there? Absolutely. Am I um, completely knowledgeable on what's going on? No. Do I think something's going on? Yeah. So I'm starting to go down that rabbit hole. And boy, oh boy. Okay. Well, uh, as I had brought to light on the radio show, um, or will be bringing to light on the radio show, I guess, uh, that the Ronald Reagan assassination attempt was several days before he had been pressing release on more files from Congress on this stuff, just like JFK. Uh, Keep that in mind. Let me uh, let me just state some Ronald Reagan facts, and then we'll start out. Uh, yeah. I won't I won't go over all of these, and then I'll just get everybody's opinion on them first. You know, Ronald Reagan is a fascinating man. Um, if you don't know about Ronald Reagan and his obsession with UFOs, please please look into that. Um, he had two encounters. Uh, one was in the late 60s uh, or early 70s. And that's when they could have been. And in one of those cases, he could have possibly been uh, abducted. Okay. When he became president of the United States, he wanted the Star Wars technology to defend planet Earth. Okay. And uh, the last little thing that I want to say about him is think about who his vice president was. His vice president was George H.W. Bush, who allegedly was a member of MJ-12, a former director of the CIA, and also when Jimmy Carter was president and Bush was the director of the CIA, Jimmy Carter kept hounding Bush, you know, about aliens and UFOs. And at first, Bush told him that he wasn't authorized to give him an answer for that. He would have to go to Congress. Well, Jimmy Carter kept on and on and on. And Bush finally took him aside one day and uh, told him what he knew about UFOs, aliens, alien technology, and those close to Jimmy Carter state that, days, that when Jimmy Carter came out of the meeting, he was crying. And he was depressed for weeks 
after Bush told him this. And there's several other things that are very fascinating about Ronald Reagan. And the reason I mentioned Bush is that was his vice president who had inside information. All right. I think Reagan had inside information. Didn't H.W. also get put on record of saying that we were too stupid to handle the truth um, of people? Actually, and, and this was just a few years ago, he was on record and he said the public couldn't handle the truth about UFOs, aliens, or aliens technology. So who wants to jump in and give some feedback on, on some of that? Well, first of all, I think the only reason that they think that we can't handle it is because they've been intentionally controlling the information for uh, what, hundreds of years now. Um, I still, I'm still not necessarily sure where where I stand on on the nature of aliens, like beings from other planets, like traveling through space, maybe more likely interdimensional creatures from you know other realms the the way i see it is when you think about basic science right like like the spectrum in which our senses naturally operate we only perceive like like when we compare it to to the the whole entirety of the electromagnetic spectrum we as human beings can only perceive like less than like 0.1% of that whole spectrum um, we can't see infrared, we can't see ultraviolet, we can't see x-rays, gamma rays, any of that stuff, but we know it exists. So the idea that, that beings um, exist out there that have not only um, more technological capability than we do, but also, um, I mean, for all we know, th- there could be some creature standing right next to me existing in an ultraviolet frequency that I can't perceive doesn't mean that creature doesn't exist. Um, and I think that uh, when it comes to, you know, the, the government's involvement and all that stuff, you know, I think there's just like anything else. Like we were talking about, you were saying how Herbert Walker Bush was the head of the CIA. And then I, I believe his father was was one of the original people in the OSS, which is the group that, you know, preceded the CIA. So we're talking about <clears throat> literally over, you know, 120 years of the same families controlling the same information from the entire population in the same exact way. Um, I think that kind of information says that you, you can't deny um, that there have to be other creatures and there have to be, you know, other things that we can't perceive. Like there's no other reason that there would be such a, such a focused control from specific groups of people over such an extended period of time. You don't put that kind of effort and that kind of, um, energy into making sure that you and your children are controlling the same, you know, flows of information, <clears throat> unless you're actively trying to keep things from everybody else. DJ, what's your thoughts? Well, have you guys seen the Space Force D class page on the Ingersoll Lockwood website? So it's back up now, but it talks about uh, the Real Majestic Twelve, the original twelve men. It talks about uh, the Operation uh, High Jump, uh, where they went to the South Pole, and then it's even got a link. I don't know if I can share my screen, but it's got a link to the coordinates on Google Earth, where you can see the Nazi port where the UFOs would fly in and out, right on Antarctica, right on Google Earth. You can zoom right in. Forward slash dash space force dash future dash cruise dash past. Let me see if I can share my screen. Hitler 
really survive, and it shows uh, photos of of an old Hitler. Uh, talks about where Argentina was, uh, all kinds of things. So, and this is right on the website of an official U.S. military government contractor, and they're putting it right out there. So, either uh, I mean, there's there that can't just be bunk information. It, that has to be reliable information. So that right there says that first of all, we have. They're talking about all kind. Of, you, you really have to check out this this web page because it talks about the fact, the possibility that the Nazis weren't defeated and possibly also on the moon. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I try not to talk about because it just sounds crazy. And it's like, I'm trying to save the planet. I don't want to be going off to other planets. And yet here you are bringing it up as the person bringing it up. <laughs> I can talk about all the things. All there. They're all real. I really um, The other thing that I wanted is because I had my hand raised. Sorry about that. Uh, Rebecca had her hand raised. No, it's not Rebecca, you. Rebecca, please. <laughs> but but Rebecca was behind DJ and Justin, both looking at an orange jumped in originally. I just told her that. But anyway, her hand is still raised. <laughs> I well, I can let. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let Justin. No, go ahead. I don't really have that much to add. Come on, Rebecca. Do it. Do it. He doesn't have much to add. So go ahead. I don't even remember what I was going to fucking talk about now. Oh, oh, I remember. Well, so much for that radio segment. We're good, man. We're good. We got all kinds of stuff we can use. Um, hopefully you guys can hear me too, because I think we have a storm here, don't we, Justin? Our internet's freezing briefly, but it's coming back. The a little, yeah, it's, yeah, it's raining here too, um, and I've noticed there's a couple times where I'm like, uh, like cut out for a second. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add on to Oren's point, um, and I've, t- I've spoken about this before. Like when when you say alien, to me, like what helped me the most is separating from like goose just had a blow up that like came on the screen. It was a giant purple thing, like with the big eyes and everything. And like, that's what we've been programmed to think that aliens are alien is just, <laughs> there. It is alien is just anything not of human form. I mean, and then we can get into the Pleiadians. I mean, technically we're all aliens. Um, and I think that, you know, it goes back even into religion was created for obviously fear and control and then you also get into were the gods mistaken for or were the aliens mistaken for gods you know because they came from the sky they helped them they gave them technology they had the divine downloads you know so so are are the gods aliens i mean that's that's where i'm at that's where i'm at with things and i had two other points but i've forgotten them Okay. So sorry. Um, That's all right. On the on that, you know, touching on that alien note, one of the things I recently found really interesting is um, the term extraterrestrial. So I'm I'm an amateur linguist. I love language. I love etymology. Anything that has to do with with the evolution of communication, right? And when it comes to the basic understanding of how words work, um, the I think the term extraterrestrial implies 
that there's other realms or other places in our whether it's whether it's inner earth whether it's you know continents beyond you know the 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 known um <clears throat> our known understanding of our world the term extraterrestrial implies that these other creatures are from from the same like terrestrial means earth if they were from another planet or if they were from somewhere outside of our system they wouldn't be extraterrestrials they would be exoterrestrials or they'd be um you know there'd be another word that we would use that's why you know it's like i, I think it ties into the whole idea of of beings being in different frequencies and coming through portals not necessarily coming from outer space or from another planet but from another dimension or from another realm um, I just also want to add that I got sent down a rabbit hole because a flocker had sent me a question that said, what if area, what if area 51 is earth and that the actual area 51 location is the exit. And then if you watch Lilo and Stitch. Right, they put everything right in front of our face, the first six minutes of Lilo and Stitch, when Stitch is like plummeting to earth because he's, he's taken off and, and on the, on the lamb and the little like computer alien, right? They're trying to find out his uh, trajectory and they go, oh, it looks like he's going to land on a planet called Area 51. They call it Earth. What? What? Do you have anything to add, Justin? Um, and after Justin says something, I want to add something else about Reagan before we move on to the final, to the final topic. Well, my comment was more based around Reagan and, and Carter. You know, a lot of presidents have talked about aliens, you know, even, you know, in mass media. Obama did it. Clinton did it. But the thing that always differed to me with Carter, uh, more so on a, as far as how he expressed it, and, and Reagan with, you know, the amount that he put out there is it seemed personal for both of those guys. It seemed like, you know, at the least an experience they had, but, you know, it seems like they were personally invested with it, and I don't. I don't think a lot of other presidents have. But now, in regards to Bush and the Bush family and, and their history, I mean, that should be a podcast all on its own. That may be the crookedest cartel to ever live. Um, I want to get everybody's opinion uh, on this, and we've talked about this on the show before. I think we may have mentioned it on a roundtable. I'm not really sure, but I want everybody's opinion on this. Now, what I'm about to read is a passage from Ronald Reagan's diary. Uh, it was dated June 11th, 1985. And uh, on that day, Ronald Reagan wrote, had lunch. Uh, lunch was with five top space scientists. It was fascinating. Space is truly the last frontier, and some of the developments, um, and some of the developments there in astronomy are like science fiction, except they are real. I learned that our shuttle capacity is such that we could orbit three hundred people, and this is in nineteen eighty-five. Rob, uh, Ronald Reagan learned that the shuttle capacity could orbit 300 people in 1985. Now, uh, fast forward to where we are today. We're not aware of a shuttle that could orbit that many people. What's your guys' thoughts on that? They got rid of the Concorde a couple of years ago. That's why it was leading them too closely to be able to do that. DJ's got his hand up. 
Yeah, are, are you guys familiar with the MJ12 account that was on Twitter and then Telegram, and then um, the Alien Interview, which was the book written uh, allegedly by the woman who uh, telepathically uh, transcribed the interview with the creature that landed and survived at uh, Area 51 in Roswell? And they talk about the fact that um, it's it's sort of like uh, humanity wasn't ready for what was coming. And it's sort of, it's almost like in Star Trek where the prime directive means you're not allowed to interfere with the civilization before reach warp drive, you know, some of that. And hu humans are protected from interference from external forces, apparently, uh, until we reach a certain stage of global technology. And so when technology landed on Earth, humans weren't ready for it. And so they had to hide it from the masses in order to protect us from our own cells. We would be conquered. And that's sort of the behind the Majestic 12 Telegram uh, tweets, and then also this alien interview idea and the mythology behind old Roswell. I don't know if that's accurate, uh, but that, that in some ways rings very true to me because it looks like they've been trying to protect us from ourselves, but then it also looks like some corruption crept in and then people started using this advanced technology for their own, uh, for their own purposes. But that's one plausible explanation that I've personally heard and read and looked into quite a bit. Rebecca? Um, DJ, I've also done very similar research on Maria Orzik, going back to Hitler with the Vril Society, which is consciousness-assisted technology. Um, and I actually found a her last letter that she wrote um, and translated the last line says, uh, nobody's staying here, so we're all leaving. And I found that very interesting, just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying. But yeah, I mean, you're totally right. I've done all the same research. Totally agree. Like, and, and the other thing that I want to say is, like, as far as an alien invasion, it's, it's not going to happen. They're not going to publicly come to a, a, a planet that can't even get over their own species race color. You know what I mean? Like they, we can't even come to terms with simple things. They're not going to come here publicly like that. They're going to come individually to people that are ready to receive those messages and, 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 and further humanity the way that it needs to be, which, which goes into Nikola Tesla, which goes into the ancient Egyptians, which goes into these profound people that had these amazing ideas because they were in connect with those higher beings. That's what I think anyway. Uh, DJ, do you have your hand up? Or Orn was first. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Thank Orn. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with uh, everything Rebecca just said. Um, I think I think something that we should always take into consideration when having this conversation is that when when the World War ended, right? Like, let's not forget Operation Paperclip. Everybody who's in like the original <laughs> progenitors of our entire NASA Space Force, all of the evolutions of that type of technology were all evil Nazi scientists that we brought over here because we were scared the Russians were going to get them. So now when you take that into consideration, you've got half of the Nazi scientists going to Russia, the other half of the Nazi scientists coming here, and both of them becoming the leading control mechanisms in, um, in, in the development of, of all that information to the public. Um, I think that the the overall control mechanism has been going on for so long and 
uh, I mean, it's just it's it's just interesting when you when you look at it that way because there's no um, there's no way for us to to have any semblance of truth. Like I I wouldn't try. I mean, I'm one of those people. Like I, I don't I don't conscribe to necessarily flat Earth. I don't conscribe to sphere Earth. I think that all of the things that that come out of NASA and all the things that come out of like general federally controlled. Um, education is is exactly that. You know, people don't people don't know about where the the schooling system comes from. It's our our model of schooling is was very specifically designed by the the end of the Prussian Empire when they were trying to build a civilization that had citizens that would be willing to die for the nation and for the empire. And that is, you know, from the late 1700s until now, that is the development of the, of the school model that we use. And, and to, to not see how that's connected to these evil scientists and all this other stuff that's been going on for the past 75 years, um, I think is, I think is ignorant. And it's, when you look at that perspective, it makes you think that, you know, it's, I mean, I only just found out maybe six months ago, cause I've, I've only ever been, you know, I've, I've been to Italy and I've been to Central America. I had no idea that they have planes in Asia that house thousands of people. They have airplanes that they put thousands of people on three or four layers and, and travel all over, you know, the other half of the world. So to think that we can put that many people on a plane and that we, you know, can't have 300 people orbiting in space or that there's potentially not already, you know, things up there with large numbers of people on it, I think is just, is just ignorant. Um, to, yeah. uh, to, uh, add on to what you just said about the plane. Now the 300 people was in 1985. Do you think in today's time, that the technology that we have could be 5,000 people in orbit. Oh, I, well, like I said, I mean, if they can put, if they can put 3,000 people on an airplane and I'm, I'm almost 40 years old and I only just like, I only just figured this out a couple months ago because I've never traveled to the far East, you know, absolutely. If we can put 3,000 people on an airplane, that means thousands of people are in orbit, but. <laughs> Uh, Sonia or Justin, do you want to go next? I think DJ had something oh, to say. Oh, did you have yes. something to say, DJ? Sorry about that. Go ahead, DJ. It was a bit t tangential to, to what Oren was saying about, I was just curious if anyone had read Graham Hancock, any of his work about, um, yeah, because that's another thing is when you look at human civilization, it didn't begin 11,000 years ago. It, it clearly was reset. There was a great reset 11,000 years ago, and, and what Graham Hancock thinks it was was, uh, an asteroid or a meteor impacting on the glacial ice sheet of North America has sent a wall of water several miles high across m most of North America and Europe, which is where the great flood mythologies all come from. And of course, Sumeria is where uh, the uh, uh, Enki and Enlil, uh, what's that, the Epic of Gilgamesh. That's also another great flood story, but it's all the same area. And it would have happened around 11,000 years ago. And he gets into the research of uh, David or Robert Schock, who looks at the Sphinx and the the uh, weathering on the Sphinx is clearly from rainwater weathering, but it hasn't rained there for 10,000 years. So clearly the Sphinx is older than it was. And also if you look where, where the Sphinx looks on the horizon during the rising sun on the summer solstice, I think it is, 12,000 years ago, the uh, um, Leo constellation would have risen there. And so it makes sense that this uh, massive lion was built then. And there's also evidence that it was uh, re-sculpted. Anyway, his, Graham Hancock's idea is that actually 
human civilization suffered massive collapse. And what that also caused was trauma on a, on a species-wide level. So we've got PTSD. We've got, uh, you know, secondary psychopathy on a species-wide level. And so I think a lot of these terrible things that we see in human civilization, it's not necessarily like born into humans, but it was put there by a cataclysm uh, of a planetary scale. And that's another idea about this of why, like, why aliens don't talk to us. Um, maybe it's not a prison planet, but maybe some bad stuff happened here. And that's, that put us on a different course, you know, talking about also parallel realities and alternate realities, you know, who, who knows what's actually real, but I just want to bring up Brandon Hancock and see if that sort of resonated with that, what everyone's talking about. Cause it's, it's 100% well, Graham Hancock worked with Dr. Randall Carlson, and he actually verified that that, that Unger Dryas period, at, you know, right around roughly 11,500 years ago, he can find great geological proof of that. And then he's the guy that went back and done, you know, quite a bit of dating on the Sphinx. And, and you know, like you said, he, he dates that Sphinx to be much older, and he dates it due to water erosion instead of wind erosion, you know, that the Sphinx, Sphinx was buried most of its time, you know, in modern time, and, and yet you have a, a pretty uh, distinct weathering pattern towards the bottom of that, something that was, you know, covered by sand for a long period of time, more than likely built in a less sandy time. I, I've always believed that, you know, definitely civilization's much older than, than we believe, and I do believe that a lot of texts, I look at Sumerian texts to be, you know, due to its age, it, it predates uh, Judeo-Christian texts and Jewish texts by quite a bit. And, and if you look at Sumerian texts, you kind of get the blueprints for where these other places went, you know, where Islamic uh, texts went, where Jewish texts went, where Christian texts went. But I wonder what influenced them. And, and you know, I, I know that it, it's hard to sustain something, you know, like writing and language, especially through a cataclysm like that. But I think, you, you know, we don't understand something at that age, how degraded it's going to be when it's actually found. And you look at, uh, was it um, Mbekle Tepe? You know, we, we can point at something now that is older than the conventional thought of, of civilization and, and large group living. Um, Rebecca, you had a question? Uh, it wasn't so much a question, just letting you know that your sound and your video is getting real sketchy. And like half of what Justin said, of course, got cut out. Okay. Um, oh, he said it was included here, though. Yeah. It's what we're, in yours. Okay. we're actually in the same room recording through the board and stuff. Uh, all of it was recorded here. So, so I guess we all have to I listen to the show to hear what Justin said. It, it wasn't that Yeah, good. apparently not a computer. So, uh, um, I see Oren has his <laughs> has his hand raised. Um, yeah, so touching on that, this is actually something that that came up for me recently that I've been and I've been totally pushing to, you know, all my followers and all my students. Um, there's an interesting theory out there. Um, I, I advise everybody to go to stolenhistory.net and watch the documentary called Stolen History um, and it talks about how there's geological evidence all over, there's geological and architectural evidence all over the planet that the reason so like when we talk about the great flood being a part of our of our you know genetic memory for the species there's also this thing in geology um because that, and that, that's how i i got into graham hancock because i was i was super into all the work that robert shock and randall carlson were doing in regards to you know the, the dating of the sphinx and other um major sites around the world the the great 
mud flood is something that happened. Um, it's believed within the last 500 years, and there are buildings all over the world. Um, architecturally, they're referred to as neoclassical, right? They were allegedly all built in the 1920s, you know, just after the, you know, the, the big boom of the Industrial Revolution. And they were allegedly, they call them neoclassical because they look similar to, you know, Greek style, you know, uh, flood building here all over the world. They're in China, they're in Japan. There's actually one um, in Brazil that you actually have to travel down uh, an undeveloped, you know, one lane dirt road for like 300 miles through the, the jungle to get to this little city. And this little city has these neoclassical buildings all over them. Um, and the, the supposition of the theory of, of the um, stolen history is that when the industrial, like the, the great flood that happened, happened a lot sooner than people think. And as a result, um, like, you know, if, if we think about what would happen with the great flood today, right? If, if the waters rose a hundred feet, just a hundred feet and wipe out every coastal city in the, in the world. And that's our finance, you know, centers, that's our shipping and communication centers. Now, if this happened, let's say four or 500 years ago, and the only people that were left were people that were in, you know, much less po densely populated areas, and then a few controlling groups that had, you know, power. Um, the the speculation is that the ruling elites in the European region and the and the whole um, starting of the East India Trade Company was about going to the last major strongholds of this ancient empire that was all over the world that did have free technology and that built all these buildings not a hundred years ago but thousands of years ago um is is a really interesting way to look at it and the reason that it resonated with me so much is because i spent some time living in new york city and uh you know being a part of the, the the hospitality and the underground you know bartending industry i've been to a few speakeasies and I've I've had some friends who have brought me to you know some of the, you know people talk about the underground. There, there's an entire subway system underneath the subway system that we use today. Um, that I've been in brownstones in, in in Brooklyn that where I went another ten stories underground. And it's like, well, I know damn well technologically they didn't dig thirty stories into the ground in the 1920s and build these buildings. Um, the, the theory is that this mud flood, which happened as a result or in conjunction with the Great Water Flood, buildings withstood the attack, and now they're just majority underground, and then the remaining civilization just continued on um, on the surface. And that the East India Trade Company, they, the reason they sent massive amounts of the armada to India and to Africa was to pretty much start a war to stop any of the um, information and technology from the old empire from surfacing so that they could create a prison planet and control the entire population. Uh, Sonia, do you have anything to add on, on, on this subject? Well, I'm taking a lot of notes. Now, something I have not touched. I mean, as far as like alien stuff, the only thing that I will say is what I have noticed. I don't know if you remember like way back from during Reagan and stuff, you always heard about alien encounters. It was all over. People were claiming alien encounters. There was TV shows about it. We don't hear about that anymore. No. And I'm wondering why, why don't we hear about that anymore? Where did it go? Did they stop? You know, we don't know. 
Why we went too far downhill for them. That's, and I joke about that. I said, they're doing drive-bys, taking videos and putting us on their alien funniest videos because <laughs> they're, they're saying, oh no, they're done. <laughs> we, we don't want them. We'll just drive by, say hello, you know, and we'll leave. <laughs> but I, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I started thinking about it. I said, wait a second. What happened to all of those reports? You don't hear them anymore at all. And back then you used to be like, these people are crazy. Now I'm sitting here saying, oh my gosh, they're not crazy which is why, and everything that I research, you know, I said, I don't really go down this rabbit hole. I chose to focus on other things, but everything that I am focusing on is leading to this. So now that's why I took a lot of notes. So thank you. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on the other side when I come out of this rabbit hole. <laughs> I love sending her down the uh, Dirty Dan, DJ's got his hand raised. Do you want to let him go first or do you want to? DJ. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> have you guys, thanks for that. Have you guys heard of MUFON? Just speaking of the uh, the alien encounters not being reported anymore, MUFON started. And I actually uh, worked with them. They got involved with, um, what was it? It was those documentaries that came out around 2006. Um, second. But anyway, MUFON, from us, you know, very religious people who, who they told me that all alien encounters were demons. And this is like people working with NASA. And so they really tried to shut it down. And, and the people from MUFON that I was working with told me that they had never documented a positive alien encounter. Uh, that's what they told me. And so I think that it was just co-opted by the people who wanted to shut it down. And now when you have an alien encounter, you, you call MUFON, uh, the Mutual UFO Network. And then they're the ones who come and follow up and interview you and then document what happened. And so maybe we don't hear about it because just like they've done with the mainstream media, they're controlling the narrative, you know, and in, in that they set up the organization that people go to to report it. And then, you know, it's like with the missing kids, it's the, the predators are running the missing kid networks. And so you never hear about the missing kids either because they used to be on milk cartons when I was a kid. Yeah. You don't hear about yeah. them anymore. So they just literally disappear. I just want to interject real quick and add on to that with the, the Smithsonian also hiding all sorts of discoveries and, and evidence for things as well. Oh, yeah, they're they're hiding a lot out in uh, out in uh, what the uh, Grand Canyon with uh, the uh, American pyramids and so forth. Uh, Dirty Dan, I'll let you go ahead and then I'll, re I'll let you uh, read the last email on the uh, topic and we'll go into segment two after... Everybody responds from the last uh, listener-suggested topic. Go ahead, Dirty Dan. Well, DJ, did you want to say one more thing real quick? I saw you. I was wanted, just going to say oh, uh, okay. Zeitgeist just, was the name of the film. So MUFON was working with the, the people behind Zeitgeist, which made me suspicious of both. So, but sorry, go ahead. Mr. Perkins. Well, to, oh, sorry, to touch on what DJ said, uh, what was it, Bigelow? Bigelow Industries yes. had a contact, contract with the government, and they actually used MUFON as their kind of reporting agency to, to document this and stuff. So MUFON did at some point either 
one way or the other get involved with the government. So, you know, it could be completely government run now, and they, you know, they could be completely censoring every report that comes out. Uh, Dirty Dan, tell us about Adventures with Purpose. All right. So, Goose, Adventures with Purpose is a group. Uh, you can find them on YouTube. Just type in AWP or Adventures with Purpose. Um, and Jared Leitzik and Sam are two of the main guys of it. Um, they are just a set of amazing people who have taken their talents and connections to the highest degree of self-service uh, to give back to those who need it most um, and really when they need it most. I mean, I'm talking just on a single person level up to entire communities and counties and, and areas. Um, like I said, go to YouTube and either the app or YouTube.com. Go ahead and type in Adventures with Purpose. Um, hit hit the like button. Hit, give them a subscribe. These guys are sonar and underwater dive specialists, um, and they have a skill set that is very hard to come by, and they volunteer all of their time. They're not paid to do it. They travel across the country, um, leaving their families, their jobs for months on end sometimes, and next month they'll be here in Kentucky for two very special cases. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to announce him yet. Uh, I'm, I've been asked to keep that private. I've, I've established a connection with Jared um, and we'll be meeting up with them and we will, we will have them on, on our podcast and hopefully we can have a radio show segment with them. Uh, so you can hear right out the horse's mouth. They, they need all the help and support they can get because they deserve it. So if you like what you see on YouTube and you want to reach out to him or you, you have a personal connection to a missing case or you are looking for closure and answers yourself, go to adventureswithpurpose.com and I promise Jared and or Sam or a number of them will get back to you very quickly and they will set up to come out and, and help you as well. Again, that's uh, adventureswithpurpose.com. Special thanks to Carlin for all the voiceover work. Uh, Don't forget about the new Midlife Crisis album available now on iTunes, Spotify, CD, anywhere you find great music. Be sure to stop by and say hello to CK, Uncle B, and the rest of the gang over at deadpit.com. Justin Perkins of Talk Junkie. Check out Down on the Holler with Jordan and Brad, Seth's Daily Podcast. Don't forget about the Spooky Family Podcast. And if you want to awaken more, be sure to check out Rebecca Short of TikTok. Talk and honest Rebecca thoughts. Again, I want to thank all of the special guests uh, that appeared on today's uh, episode: uh, Oren, Sonia, DJ Nikki, and of course our friend Justin Perkins. That'll do it for this week. We'll see you next week, and until then, so long for now. Maybe I'm not leaving. Maybe I'm just going home. Thanks for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.